brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello and welcome everyone to the Stardom Cast. This is a podcast where we talk all things about the fantastic wrestling company that is Stardom. We do it in a friendly and a positive manner. I am your host, Matt Turner. This is episode 81 and we're having some fun. I hope everybody's having a great day. I hope you're better today than you were yesterday. I hope you are better this week than you were last week. If not, let's get you there. Let's get you there together. All right, we are going to be talking all things five-star Grand Prix nights 15 and 16. 17 has not been uploaded to Stardom World just yet as of this recording. Can you believe it? We're just about like a week away from the end of this fantastic tournament. And everything's kind of still up in the air. I'm still thinking it's going to be Julia taking it all. I don't know about you, Tommy. She dropped a couple of matches there. I have Julia and you, Tommy in the finals. Might be looking more Julia Tan, but who knows? We still got a couple matches to go. So super excited to uh, watch them and review them. Before I get into the main crux of the podcast, which will obviously be reviewing nights 15 and 16 of the Five Star Grand Prix, I do want to talk about um, it's a little behind the scenes of last week. I met one Jungle Kiona. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you're a fan of stardom. And you're probably a fan of Jungle Kiona. And we talked quite a bit uh, about Jungle on our Patreon episodes when we did our Momo White Belt review. She had two fantastic matches there. Uh, she had a shot at Arissa, the uh, White Belt Wonder of Stardom champion, and a phenomenal, phenomenal World of Stardom uh, challenge against Mayu Iwatani. So obviously I'm a huge, huge Jungle Kiona fan. I really enjoyed her stuff in Tokyo Cyber Squad, the JK Green stuff when uh, she was first starting out, her teaming up with Momo. And, you know, obviously the, the Tokyo Cyber Squad stuff, like I said, but uh, her specifically team with Konami, I thought that was a tag team that I maybe should have had a little bit longer run than they did. But that's a whole nother story for another day. So when I saw that Jungle was coming back to wrestling and that she was coming to uh, coming to America, like the Eddie Murphy movie, coming to America, Akeem, uh, <laughs> I was, you know, I was really intrigued. And she was she's pretty much kind of booked all over the place. And I noticed that she was at a show about a little over an hour away from me. So I thought, what the heck? Let me go down there. Let me say hello. And not every day that you get to meet, you know, one of the best wrestlers ever in stardom. So she was wrestling for a company called Garden State Pro Wrestling. I believe this was only their third show. And I I got to give a shout out to my man, Chio Frost. Good buddy of mine, Chio Frost, who I've known for well over 10 years. He's a retired professional wrestler. wrestler. He does a lot of backstage stuff, uh, music, uh, production, stuff like that. Really, really like one of the unsung heroes of pro wrestling or the people behind the scenes. So, you know, when I was just 
talking to him. He said, yeah, man, come on down. You know, come on down. Don't worry about anything. And I got to meet everybody that works, the bookers and promoters at Garden State Pro Wrestling. And I got to tell you, man, I, I've been involved in pro wrestling a long time. These promoters and bookers, the day of the show, are always super, super nervous. And rightfully so. I will never book or promote. I, I don't need that stress in my life. These two cats, man, they were cool as a cucumber. They were super chill, super nice. Everybody was super uh, inviting, super nice. I saw Sumi Sakai. I haven't seen her over in 10 years. And, uh, you know, we talked like we talk about when we used to wrestle in Chikara back in like 04, 05, 06. So it was like, yeah, that's a great thing about wrestling. You see somebody you haven't seen in a long time and it's like you just saw them yesterday. So when I got there, Jungle was in the ring putting up, putting together a match. So I kind of just didn't want to bother her uh, as she was getting things going. And she was she's wrestling the kick demon, uh, Janai uh, Kai, who I've seen wrestle a few times before. Most notably at Bloodsport. Obviously, her name is the kick demon. She throws a lot of kicks. Right up my alley. Again, first time I saw her was at Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. Josh Barnett's going to book you. Uh, you're already going to be a fan of mine. So um, I was, I think it was wrestling like third or fourth. I forget. Or maybe it was fourth or fifth. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So it was about a match or two before hers. You know, she was behind the gorilla position or where I was kind of just hanging out. I was kind of just hanging out backstage. And I just went up to her and I told her, you know, how much of a fan I was of her. How much I loved her matches, especially the two Wonder of Stardom. Uh, matches she had with Momo Watanabe, and she was super, super nice. One of the nicest people I've ever met in pro wrestling. On uh, you know, like, like the first time you meet them, super nice. I asked to take a picture, and obviously she she said yes. So kind of let her be. I went to go watch her match, and she hasn't. Rather than the Hana Kimura tribute uh, match, she really hasn't wrestled much in the last two years. So I was really curious to see uh, one how good she was going to be in the ring. And two, if the people here in New Jersey were going to know who she was, again, because she really hasn't had much, much exposure here in the States. And like I said, she hasn't wrestled in like two years, you know, coming off that knee injury. So uh, Janai Kai came out first and she got a very nice reception. So obviously, you know, Jungle's coming out next. As soon as Jungle's music hit, I want to say the place, the place is pretty well sold out. I want to say there's about 350 people there. At my number could be wrong, but I know that they were getting, they had kept having to get more and more chairs as more and more people were filing in, which is a good problem to have. Um, when Jungle's music hit, there wasn't one person sitting. There was not one person sitting. She got a great standing ovation. She came out. She uh, did her entrance. You can just see how happy she was. And the people were chanting her name. So I was like, that's good. Everybody knows who she is. They came to see Jungle. There's actually some, a lot of people had uh, had some Stardom t-shirts, had to, some Tokyo, uh, to, Tokyo Cyber Squad shirts, some Hana Kimura shirts. There's even one person I put up on my Twitter that brought the both the white belt and the red belt. And I'm like, oh, I've never seen those. I got to get my picture take, taken with those. I sure didn't uh, put that up on my Twitter. And uh, when they announced her name, she got the streamers. She got the customary streamers in. The streamers that were thrown were very reminiscent in the color of Tokyo Cyber Squad, so I thought that was really, really good. Uh, it was really, really cool. You can just see just how happy she was, and you just can't manufacture that. And I, I was happy that she was that happy. So um, she had a great match. I mean, her and Kai, they really, really clicked together. It didn't look like she missed the beat. She looked like she was Jungle Kiona in 2019, you know, 2020. She looked absolutely fantastic uh, the finish was the match was i think jungle ate something like seven or eight kicks in a row again you're wrestling the kick demon you know why not right uh she ate seven or kicks eight kicks in a row uh she you know put an eye over two of them shook hands again standing ovation everybody chanting please come back please come back so uh you know that was great you know so she cut the curtain and uh there's a lot of people congratulating her on a great match her and Janai, you know like you're not 
not to uh, you know tell everybody uh, what, what happens, but the, they checked on each other, make sure they were okay, because they were really laying their stuff, and they were really laying their stuff, in, and rightfully so, rightfully so. I uh, waited about a minute or two. I went over, uh, shook her hand. I told her how much I liked the match, and she said, and she was asking me. And she, her English was very, very good, very, very good. She's like, my match was my match. Okay, did you like it? What did you like? And I, we kind of, kind of said a joke. I said, you know, we kind of shared a laugh together. I said, she kicked you a lot. And she goes, yeah, I know. I said, she kicked you a lot, kind of like Momo, and, and <laughs> we had a good laugh there. And then um, I went to go leave. Not soon thereafter, just I just wanted to get home at a halfway decent time. And when I was leaving, it was intermission, and my man Chio he introduced me to the uh, the two owners of Garden State Wrestling, and I was uh, just chatting up with them. And I noticed because it, it was intermission, there was three or four uh, merchandise tables, and everybody had a long line, but there was somebody that their line was three times longer than everybody else's. And I wasn't sure who that was. Now I know the American Wolves, Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards, they were on the show. Uh, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett from the Kingdom, they were on the show, so I thought it might have been theirs. As I was getting closer and closer towards the exit where I can see, it was Jungle's line. Jungle had to have 70, 80 people in that line. And I was so happy for her. So happy for her. Uh, and it, I know she's wrestling uh, back in New Jersey soon. I think she's wrestling in Chicago, Seattle. Looks like she's doing a really, really big, long tour. And we've seen when these wrestlers come over from either Mexico or England or Japan, sometimes they'll get used on an AEW Dark or an, just an AEW main show. Or somewhere in Impact, so I would absolutely love, love, and I think I think AEW, Impact, any of those wrestling companies, I think they would be fools not to use Jungle Kiona on their show. I just think she just has the presence. She brings something completely different, and like I said, boy, she looked as good as ever. She looked as good as ever, and again, just an absolute sweetheart of a person. If Jungle Kiona is wrestling on a show somewhere near you within driving distance. I, I cannot put the stamp of approval on this lady enough. You have to go. You absolutely have to go. As a listener, as a fan and friend of the Stardom Cats, I'm telling you, you have to go. And I noticed that Jungle's doing a lot of, like, the a uh, little bit of, the, not the comic book uh, conventions. She's doing, like, the Legends of Wrestling conventions. So she's doing a lot of autograph signings. If that's somewhere close by, you just need to go. You just need to meet her. Just an absolute nice, just the nicest person. I did have a lot of people when I posted that picture on my social medias. They did ask me, did you talk, did you, did you tell Jungle about the podcast, the Stardom Cast? Folks, of course I did. I'm so proud of this podcast. I'm so proud of what Rob and Chris did, you know, building this podcast up to kind of give it to me and what me and Rob did with the podcast and what I'm doing now. I'm so proud about this podcast. Yeah, obviously I did. That's all I'm going to say. Stay tuned for more details. Fingers crossed. You know, I'm kind of working on some things. You know, I'm always working on trying to make this podcast bigger and better, not just for me, but most importantly for you and just to spread the word about stardom because I think people need to see just how fantastic the wrestling is in stardom, not only in 2022, not only what's going to happen in 2023, you know, next year and going forward, but also uh, in years 2014, 15. So, you know, pretty much the whole entire legacy of stardom going back the 11 years. I think people really need to go back and watch that because stardom is something super special. Okay. With that being said, folks, let's move on to the reviews of these two uh, fantastic nights of wrestling action. We get a little drink there. We get a little drink there. All right. We will go right into night number 15. We will we start, and this took place in Osaka. We had two nights in Osaka back-to-back. Um, this t- this uh, took place on the 17th. 
of September. Crazy, man. We're just flying by. We're going to be in October. So just amazing. Amazing. My daughter's going to be 18 in about a week. Wild. Time flies. Enjoy every second. Anywho, uh, the first match, we have the Cosmic Angels team of uh, Tam Nakano and Waka going up against the Stars team of Momokogo and Koguma going up against the um, really not any team of Amisori and Lady C, uh, I guess the Twin Towers. I don't know which one's Akeem, which one's the big boss man. Regardless, we get some really good uh, tag action from the Cosmic Angels team and the Stars team. Of course, makes sense. They're the two tag teams in the match. And then Amisori comes in and just pretty much decides to beat everybody up. Momo and Waka have some really good exchange. They have really, really good chemistry. Um, and then the finish is Kogome hitting Waka with a top rope splash. Seven minutes, 26 seconds. Nothing too crazy here, but a good job warming up the crowd, which always gets, for me, the gentleman's three stars. Moving on to match number two, we see our first block action as we go to the Blue Stars block. As we see Saeeda coming in with four points, taking on Suzu Suzuki, who's coming in only at two points. I have a feeling we're going to see that number jack up, as I, I know this weekend coming up, she's wrestling Starlight Kid. And she has uh, she's going to be making up for those two matches she missed with COVID. So, anywho, uh, Suzu Suzuki lays in some heavy strikes to start and starts mocking Saeeda's gorilla pose. Very rude, Suzu. Very rude. But you know if you've seen a few Saeeda matches, you know what's going to happen. Saeeda fires back quickly with some forearms and then some chops. Saeeda comes back with that sliding. I'm a big fan of that, how the sliding German, when she has her opponent like sitting on the uh, the second rope facing outwards. And she does. She comes off the ropes and it's that sliding German. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it how she she works that into her repertoire. Crowd getting really behind uh, Su Saya and Suzu Suzuki at this point. It's kind of like 50-50. But bottom line is they're making noise for both of these competitors. They, the crowd was really hot for these two shows. Uh, Saya fires back with the machine gun. Kenta Kabashi style chops. Suzu Suzuki throws some stiff, stiff forearms and a stiff, stiff uh, super kick. Um, eventually, uh, Saya gets the advantage back. She tries for the Brain Buster. Suzu Suzuki escapes. She hits the tequila shot for two. And then she quickly goes after, uh, excuse me, she quickly stays on Saeeda and hits the stalling German suplex for three. This gets done just under seven minutes. Three and a half stars. Really good match to uh, start the block action. And that gets Suzu Suzuki up to four points. Match number three or two of this tournament, we go to the Red Stars block action as we see Yunagi, who's really coming along in this tournament. She's really had, even though she has two points, coming in with two points, uh, versus Micah coming in with ten. Yunagi, to me, was having kind of just like a middle-of-the-road tournament. And she had that really, really good match with Tam. And then she had this one, which I thought was equally as good. This is really good. Um, as soon as the bell rings, these two trade big boots and forearms. Yunagi hits the X-Factor, and then uh, Micah quickly comes back up and hits the Buzz Sawyer-style power slam. Uh, this action is fast and furious right out the get-go. These two do not waste any time. Uh, they're maximizing every second they have in their ring. Yunagi comes back with a flapjack and that signature arm capture GDT that she uses with her leg. I'm a big fan of that, how she does that. Yunagi's got a pretty cool moveset. Pretty cool moveset. Uh, Micah tries to use the lariat, but Yunagi keeps booting Micah's arm out of the air. I thought that was really cool how she would just keep trying to throw this lariat because that's kind of like her go-to to either create separation or to build up to the Michinoku driver, and Yunagi knew it. Yunagi's got doing a really good job getting that Yakuza kick over, and she just kept booting her arm out of the way. I thought that was really, really cool. I was a big fan of that. Um, Yunagi almost boots Micah out of the ring. Uh, Yunagi hits the mad splash. I'm glad she brought that back. I haven't seen that in a while. 
She hits the mad splash for two. Shout out to Seema. Uh, Micah finally hits the lariat and then follows up with a rolling lariat for two and then is able to finally put Yunagi away with the Mijinoku driver. Six minutes, 50 seconds, another sub seven minute match, three and a half stars. That gets Micah up to 12 points and that red stars block is starting to get a little bit top heavy here. A lot of people with over 10 points as again, we're coming up on the final few shows, kind of wondered how it's going to shake out. Um, one thing I do know is that the matches will be excellent. We go to match number four of the evening as we see my Sakurai coming in with eight points. Crazy. I thought two, four, at the most, six. She's coming with eight points. Risa Sarah coming in at 10. I figured that's where she would have been, 10, uh, 12 points. They're doing a really good job getting Risa over. Risa's got this really cool, I've noticed this, really cool entrance music. And even like her entrance, like with the robe and how she waits like the 30 or 40 seconds until the music hits at a certain point to come in. And her demeanor coming in out to the uh up to the ring is she looks dangerous but yet she looks calm and confident i'm a big fan of the total package that is uh risa sarah really good job uh getting her over in this tournament uh my blitz is risa sarah as soon as the bell rings again we have uh, the main reason why the um, two girls from prominence are here risa sarah and suzu suzuki is to get revenge on julia for leaving them an ice ribbon obviously may sakurai is julia's understudy the whole reason why may sakurai left, <clears throat> excuse me, left Cosmic Angels and joined Donald Delmundo because she wanted to fight under Julia. So she's basically here honoring Julia. Uh, so my Sakurai right out the get-go blitzes Risa Sarah. Uh, as soon as she gets in the ring, these two trade blows until May Sakurai hits a Yakuza kick, sending Risa Sarah out to the outside. This, of course, leads to a wild brawl that Risa Sarah gets the advantage. She uses the giant swing outside and throws poor May Sakurai into the front row. To brawl all the way up on the entrance ramp, May Sakurai gets the advantage and decides that she wants to try to take the entrance way apart. Uh, she realizes she can't, so then she goes back into the gorilla position and she gets one of the cross beams. I was like, holy jeez, this thing's crazy. Uh, to try to take it apart as a weapon, these two just wind up brawling uh, all over the building here. Eventually, Risa Sarah gets the giant swing again the second time. Double count out. I got no problem with this. I'm a big fan of double. If you're going to do a draw, give me the double count out, especially in this setting. This was completely different than pretty much any match, not only on the show, but maybe in the whole tournament. I mean, considering the fact that 90% of it took out place outside. And folks, I've been watching wrestling a long time. And I've been going, I've been watching a lot of stardom. Shocker, right? Over the last year and a half. Man, I don't remember anybody ever trying to take a part, part of the entrance ramp to, uh, to do damage. You know, I, I say all the time, and I'll say it again, I'm not a big fan of Momo using that wrench. But at least the wrench is a lot easier to hit your opponent with than, than the entrance way. I think this is really good. Three and a quarter stars. Uh, double count out. Then that takes May Sakurai up to nine and Risa Sarah up to 11. I wasn't sure when they did the double count out. I was like, well, I know if it goes to a draw, I know each gets a one point, like a time limit draw. But since it's a double count out, they still get the points, and then they did a Good job showing the graphic, showing that each member did get one point. So uh, kudos to Sarah. I don't put that enough over. But before and after all the matches, they show the point total. That uh, Just because there's, there's so many numbers. Speaking of numbers, we go to number five. As we go on to the Blue Stars block, as we see Mirai coming with 10 points, taking on Mina Shirakawa coming in with six points. Folks, I absolutely love this match. As soon as this match was over... I sent a tweet out how much I enjoyed this match. This match was laced with so much great psychology, so much great storytelling, and the perfect amount of selling. This is like if you're on a card 
And you have a lot of younger talent, not even younger talent, but like talent that's like more athletic than you that can do all the flips. Like the main event of this show is not to pull and start like kid. I think everybody underneath the show was like, yeah, we're not going to alpha be you know, more athletic than, than those two. We're not going to cut the pace as fast as they do. Let's do something different. Mina, she's improved so much on her strikes. Mariah is a heavy striker. Mina, we saw it, the show before tapped out or maybe the, not the show before, maybe the show before that, regardless, tapped out Amisori with the figure four leg lock, who's Mariah's tag partner. The psychology and the storytelling is right there, right there. Um, So the two of them have some really good ground grappling to begin. I thought that was somewhere that where Mariah would absolutely squash Mina. But Mina was really good. Her transitions, knowing where to go, like her foot movement, her, uh, her pivot movement, I thought that was something that really, really impressed me. I thought that was great. She really holds her own with Mariah there. Um, and she actually baits uh, Mariah into giving her a foot and tries for the figure four. Mariah slips out. Um, and then she uses the Muda-style dropkick uh, onto uh, onto Mariah's leg, start the psychology, start building up the leg work. Uh, Mariah goes after Mina's arm. She does like the little the mini lariat that she did to Tam's arm in the uh, tag title match um, on the pay-per-view just a few weeks ago. So um, so they, there's your build. There's your build. There's your psychology. Mariah going after Mina's arm. Mina going after Mariah's leg to set up for their respective submissions. I thought that was really good. Um, uh, Mina does a good job creating separation and going back to Mariah's leg. Uh, I thought that was really, really good. Um, even using the dragon screw. I, she didn't use the dragon screw on Ami Sora. I don't think she did. This is, I think, the first time I've seen her use it. If I'm wrong, let me know. But I think she did a great job. I thought it looked fantastic. Uh, really, really, you know, akin to, I guess, the guy she's she's really uh, channeling here. And uh, KG Muna, the great Muna. That's not a bad person to steal your stuff from. She does a great job with it. Uh, Mina locks down the figure four, which Mariah's selling here is absolutely brilliant. Uh, Mariah gets out of the figure four, hits a lariat. And that, but uh, Mina pops up using that fighting spirit and hits the low angled Muda style dropkick. Crowd is really, really hot for this, especially at this point. Mina tries um, the uh, the back fist, the spinning back fist. When she does, Mariah catches it into the double wrist lock, which which she was kind of going towards the whole entire match was working on that arm. I thought that was great. It was like she was waiting for Mina to bait her in. Mina's hitting her big strikes, and the big finale is the spinning back fist. So. It was like almost Mariah saying, okay, like I only have one leg. I'm going to eat these forearms and these kicks. I know it's going to set up for the spinning back fist. And that's my one opportunity to grab that bad arm I've been working on and go to my double wrist lock. And the fact that uh, Mina didn't tap out right away, one, it just shows her strength and shows like her toughness. And two, they waited for the right time to tap until they had the crowd right where they needed to. They did a good job teasing that Mina was going to get to the ropes and Mariah had to keep uh, switching her body in different areas to uh, block her from the ropes. I thought that was really good. Uh, Mina winds up tapping 10 minutes, 35 seconds, four and a quarter stars. Folks, you haven't seen this match yet and you're somebody young, inspiring to get into wrestling or you just want to see something different. I mean, I, don't be wrong. I'm a big fan of all the wrestlers that can do all the flips and they're super athletic. That's great. But this is just something that it's just storytelling. I mean, you could storytelling any, you know, deathmatch lucha, uh, you know, Ariel, it doesn't matter. You can do your storytelling anyway, but this is just an old school way of telling a story and sucking the crowd in with basic selling. And that's what these two did. This was great. Like I said, four and a quarter stars. Absolutely love this. Mina Shirakawa to me is like the most improved wrestler, not only in stardom, but I think anywhere in the world, you know, from what I've seen in these, uh, in, in these 10 months here that we're in uh, 2020, uh, moving on. 
we go and that takes Mariah up to 12 points. Again, a lot of wrestlers starting to hit that double digits there, uh, not only in the red stars, but the blue stars. We go back to red stars block. Speaking of double digits, Utami Aishista, the former champion, the red queen, my pick to win the red stars block, taking on Saki Kashima coming in with six points. Again, that's I probably had Saki four or six points for this tournament. You know, you never know who she's going to roll up. Uh, they both start by mocking Tam. Oh, how dare they? How dare they? Uh, Saki tries to sucker the Red Queen in into the Kishika side right away. But Utami doesn't fall for it. Utami starts working on uh, Saki's back using a half crab. And then once Saki gets to the ropes, she starts lariting that back. Really good psychology there. Trying to uh, take away uh, basically, you know, Saki's uh, size advantage there. Saki comes back with a head scissors. But Utami comes back with a lariat. Utami really stays on Saki. She's like 90% of the match here. Uh, she goes to the torture rack bomb, but Saki counters into the Kishikasai. Six minutes, 53 seconds is all it took to get this done. And Saki Kashima in this tournament has pinned the last two World of Stardom champions. She pins Utami here, and earlier on, she had pinned Shuri. Three and a quarter stars. And that's what's great about this tournament. You never know who like Saki or Kogum or now Mei Sakurai. Who are they going to possibly roll up? Speaking of Shuri, we stay in the Red Stars block action as we see uh, Shuri, the World of Stardom champion, coming in with 10 points, taking on Saki, just plain Saki, um, from Colors. Tight lockup to start. Uh, you know that I was going to put that over. Saki's got some really good lockups. I'm a big fan of that. Shuri's able to counter uh, Saki's wrestling with strikes, and she uses a straight armbar. As soon as Saki starts to build some momentum, Shuri... Goes back to the ground and pound offense and then goes right back to that arm bar again. Again, she's a shooter. Saki hits a superplex followed by a few Yakuza kicks. She gets a near fall. Big fan of how she throws the Yakuza kicks like from all angles and then finishes like a grand finale. is the one on the back of the head or the back of the neck. I thought that was really cool. Um, she follows up with a uh, pump handle blue thunderbomb for two. The two trade strikes into the middle of the ring until Shuri just has enough and just drops Saki with a forearm mid-kick exchange. I thought that was just brutal. And just the way that uh, Shuri sold her offensive strikes, I thought that was great. Saki is able to fight through the pain, and as uh, Shuri's coming off the ropes with a running knee, she gets suckered into a Mijinoka driver and another sliding boot for two. She hits the corkscrew, her corkscrew suplex. She goes to, off the top rope for the double knees. She misses. Uh, Sherry hits the running knee strike and locks in an arm bar. Asaki winds up getting to the rope. Sherry pulls her off with some brutal strikes. She hits two buzzsaw kicks and then follows up with the Ruin for the win. 11 minutes, 52 seconds. Four stars for me. This is the best Saki match of this tournament, in my opinion. Excellent job. And that takes Sherry up to 12 points, leaving Saki at six. We go over to match number eight and the main event of this solid, solid show. As we go into the Blue Stars block, Natsupoy quietly has 10 points. I had to go back when I was writing down the statistics for this match. I had to go back and look, and I was like, she has 10 points. And like, nobody's really talking about it. Everybody's just talking about the abuse that poor Hazuki is, is giving her this past month or so. Uh, and Starlight Kid coming in with six. First half of the match is uh, just incredible. Just for strikes and high-speed offense, these two picking up where they left off from their feud earlier in the year and last year as well. I mean, these two just don't miss a beat. Um, Starlight Kid sends uh, Not Support to the outside where she hits her perfect Asai moonsault. Uh, they go back in the ring. Not Support hits a series of drop kicks that sends Starlight Kid to the opposite side of the ring where she was 
and Natsupoi hits a crossbody dive. So really cool psychology spot there. They kind of even out with the high-speed offense. Starlight Kid hits the Ase Moonsault on one side of the ring. They switch it back up. Natsupoi uses the drop kicks to send Starlight Kid to the other side of the ring. And Natsupoi hits the um, her beautiful, beautiful dive. Uh, big fan of that. As Kid gets back in the ring, Natsupoi hits that beautiful boot scrape drop kick that I'm such a huge fan of. And then German suplex onto the apron. But Starlight Kid fighting spirits out of it. And pops up and hits a tiger suplex onto the apron. And then the two of them let the crowd breathe. I thought that was really cool how the action was fast and furious. Poi hits the one apron bump. Starlight Kid hits the other apron bump. And then the two of them just kind of collapse on the outside. And they do a great job selling. And then they really start pacing themselves a little bit better here. Uh, as they let the crowd breathe and really get up for these two. Um, and then the two of them start brawling all over the building. They eventually get back in the ring where Starlight Kid gets the advantage but misses a moonsault. Poi then hits a series of released German suplexes. Poi connects with that low spin kick, the one that she caught Hana with to get the win, but she gets only two here. Natsupoi follows up with a fairy gift for two. Natsupoi tries the uh, fairy strain, but Starlight Kid rolls through and locks in the Black Tiger Leg Crusher Killer submission. That's a mouthful to say. Um, eventually, Natsupoi gets to the ropes to break up that hold. But Starlight Kid stays on her. She hits the Moonsault for two. Uh, Kid hits the Black Tiger Driver. Uh, uh, but Natsupoi reverses the uh, pin attempt for two. Again, I'm not a big fan of that. I see that quite a bit. That's like when your go-to moves. And not only does it not put you down for three, but as soon as you cover, the other person is able to hook the legs and roll back through. Regardless, uh, Starlight Kid quickly hits the double knees, the shotgun knees to the back. Almost like she's stealing a Momo's Meteor uh We've seen Momo do that quite a bit. So, hey, they are tag partners. Uh, she sets a poi onto the top rope, and she hits the Spanish fly, or as she calls it, the Eternal Foe, for the win. 13 minutes, 26 seconds. This was my favorite match of the two nights. I had this. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It was my second favorite match. This is my favorite match of this night. Four and a half stars. Starlight Kid pops up to eight points. We move on to night 16 which took place the very next day, the 18th of September. We start out with some tag action as the, <clears throat> excuse me, as we see the Queen's Quest team of Lady C, one of my favorite and most underutilized people in all of stardom, uh, teaming with Yutami, taking on Momokogo and Saida. So you get some really good, uh, solid double team moves to start from Saida and Momokogo. Uh, and I have in parentheses, I really hope to see these two in the Goddess of Stardom Tag League which will probably be starting in just a few weeks. So probably in about a week or two, we'll probably know the competitors. Obviously, we're going to get Micah, Himika teaming together, Tam, Natsupoi. But Momokogo and Saeed as a team, I don't expect them to get a whole bunch of wins, but I expect them to do kind of like what Momo, Saeed, and Hana are doing in this tournament and just having really, really good matches and raising their stake. I would love to see Momokogo and Saeed, like I said, teaming in this tournament. Anywho, uh, Lady C chops poor Momokogo into next week. Yutami gets uh, taken down with some really good double team moves from, again, Momokogo and Saida. Lady C actually makes the save with the double giant Baba line. I thought it was cool that, obviously, Yutami's the biggest star in the match, and she was the one in the most trouble. So that was a good job for Lady C to come in and kind of make the save. Yutami winds up pinning uh, Saida with the German suplex. Six minutes, 52 seconds, three and a half stars. This was really good. All four ladies looked really good. Obviously, the big star in the match is Yutami. She did a good job kind of backing off a little bit and letting Lady C get her shine in. 
And again, to me, the highlight of the match was the double team work from Momo and Saida. So uh, if you are listening, Stardom, please put them in for Tag League. We go to the second match of the evening, our first block match of the evening. We go to the Red Stars as we see Koguma coming in with eight points, taking on Yunagi again, still only at two points. Yunagi, super aggressive. Uh, as soon as the bell rings, even right before the bell rings, she's the code breaker and the big boot. Sending Koguma to the outside, you can see she's just desperate for points. She's mathematically eliminated from this tournament, but she's still trying to make a good showing. Uh, Koguma used the, it cuts Yunagi off off the top rope. The two of them go back to the outside where they start brawling on the apron. Koguma eventually hits a dive onto uh, Yutami. Um, they go back onto the apron again, and they do a little strike battle, which Yunagi gets the better of. And Koguma takes like this like almost like Mick Foley light-style bump. I don't know if she slipped or she just wanted to take a big bump. There was like a big thud that only enough people are talking about. It's a good thing those mats were there because she really smacked herself on the apron. But she got up, you know, you know, not right away, not didn't no sell it. But she got up, didn't seem to have any problems. She probably just took that bump just right. God bless her. And to me, it made Yunagi look like a look like a killer there. I mean, because geez, I mean, she almost did. Um, back to the ring they go. Koguma hits the Koguma cutter and a DDT for two. Yunagi hits the stroke. Notice that she's using like the Jeff Jarrett stroke and the mad splash for two. Yunagi goes for the shell shock. Again, I'll always call it the shell shock. Uh, but she gets rolled up in the Kuma roll for three, three and a quarter stars, six minutes, 15 seconds. And that puts Kokuma double digits as well, up to 10 points. The finalist of this year's Cinderella tournament is trying to make her climb, trying to get to the finals of this five star Grand Prix. We go to the Red Stars block as we see May Sakurai with nine points. It's crazy, right? She had to qualify for this tournament. Nine points. And I talked about Mina being one of the most improved wrestlers in all of wrestling. May Sakurai is just right there. We still got uh, three months left. So, I mean, she could take the crown there for most improved wrestlers. She's doing such a great job. Uh, she's taking on uh, Saki. Saki from Colors. Red Stars block action. Form exchange between the two to start. Um... May gets the better of the striking chain. I'm a big fan of the fo- her forearms and her uh, big boots. I like how they she chains those two together. Saki uses some counter-wrestling to get the advantage and locks in the pendulum swing on May Sakurai. Not enough wrestlers do that anymore. She's like the only one that I've seen do it really in the last like five or six years. It's good old Saki. Um, May fights back with the big boot and a second rope elbow for two. And when Rob hated that second rope elbow, now it looks really good. And I love it when she does it with Julia. <laughs> uh, Saki comes back with the running boot and then hits the Wild Buster suplex. I had to write that down. That is a cool name. That like running course through suplex she does um, called the Wild Buster. Six minutes, four seconds, three and a quarter stars. And that puts Saki up to, what's that, eight points? Yep. I want to make sure my math is right. Saki, eight points. So respectable showing for her. Obviously, she's got a few more matches even if she doesn't break the double digits, eight points for somebody that just came into the promotion, and this is your first five-star, very respectable. We move on to match number four, Blue Stars block action. Starlight Kid starting to pile up these wins. She's coming in eight points, taking on Mina Shirakawa. Again, great showing for Mina this weekend. Uh, Starlight Kid goes after Mina's knee, but uh, eventually Mina escapes, and she goes. Uh, she's able to avoid, and uh, she goes after Starlight Kid's knee. Eventually, Starlight Kid turns the table. She hits a moonsault, standing moonsault early on the match onto Mina's knee. I thought that was really cool. Um, and then Mina winds up firing back with some forearms and then hits the Muna dropkick you know, pretty early on in the match. 
as as you see the psychology setting in as she's going after Starlight Kid's knee. One sets up for her submission, and two taking away Starlight Kid's speed. So they get a two two for one deal on that one. Good job, Mina. Uh, Kid hits the arm drag off the top rope. Mina pops right up, hits the roaring elbow, and then uh, Kid pops up from that and hits the shotgun knees. Crowd really getting behind Mina here as Starlight Kid starts really laying her stuff in. Mina hits the Insiguri, roaring elbow to the back of that draping DDT combination that she's really doing a great job getting over and knowing where to put it in the match to get the most out of it. Gets a two count there. Mina goes for a German suplex, which I've never seen her do before. So what were you doing there, Mina? Uh, Starlight Kid rolls through and then locks in the leg, the Black Tiger leg crusher killer submission. Uh <laughs> And then uh, she's been pretty much building to the whole entire match. Mina escapes, and she hits the dragon screw leg whip and then puts Starlight Kid right into the figure four. Really good selling Starlight Kid here. Uh, she escapes the um, the figure four leg lock, and she hits the black tiger driver onto, uh, onto Mina, but she can't follow up because of the hurt knee. Eventually, uh, she gets Mina's knee, hits the low angle dragon screw uh, leg whip, and then she puts in the Black Tiger Leg Crusher, killer submission. Nine minutes, 27 seconds. Mina Shirakawa forced to tap. Four stars, another match that is laid in with really good psychology, really good movement, really good timing, and goes just under 10 minutes. Excellent job from both these fantastic competitors. Match number five, we go to the Blue Stars block. Again, Ami sorry, 10 points. She had to qualify for this tournament. Obviously, she did by running through the whole entire qualifying field. She's coming in with 10 points, and Julia coming in with 11. I did not realize that these two were that close. So, obviously, this is a must-win match for both these ladies, especially for Julia, who is the odds-on favorite for most people to win this tournament. Uh, great lockup between these two to start. Um, really super impressed on Julia's submissions. And even when uh, – here's a cheap plug for the Patreon. And even uh, just about done – doing the Julia Wonder Stardom Championship reign for the Patreon members that will be dropping at the end of this month. I'm just a big fan of how she chains her submissions, how when she goes for one thing, if she doesn't get the submission right away, she goes to something else. That's very catch wrestling. It's very like out of the Billy Robinson playbook for submission holds. If I have somebody in a submission hold and I'm not getting the submission right away, do I want to keep on it? Well, maybe you can. But if something else is there, maybe I go to that. Obviously, huge fan of Catch Wrestling and Billy Robinson. So, Julia, you get even two bigger thumbs up from me as I'm already a giant fan of you. So, keep it up with your fantastic submissions. Uh, Ami Sorry hits a DVD and a high-angle Boston Crab for first advantage of the match. These two fire up on each other with some really big strikes. But Julia, who wins the forearm battle by hitting some rapid, rapid forearms and dropping Ami Sorry to her, to her knees. I thought that was really good. Really cool visuals. Ami Sori is obviously the bigger, stronger of the two. Really puts over Julia's striking advantage, uh, or her strikes. Uh, Ami Sori eventually fires back with some brutal, brutal chops. Uh, Julia, and then she hits a clothesline. She sets Julia up for the brain buster, but Julia escapes with the backdrop driver. Big fan of that move. Ami Sori uh, escapes that and hits a series of lariats and a giant blue thunder bomb which she kind of only did with one arm. She was like almost like selling her arm on the way up and then like brought it on the way down, which I thought just added to Julia's submission games. Um, she follows up with a course group brain buster and she only gets two. She goes for the like, this, this is a really cool finish. She goes for the like a thunderbolt. We've seen people escape this. You know, you're basically in the, in the power slam position. We've seen people escape this hold quite a bit, but as 
Julia, so you figure Julia would just like slip back or roll her up, but she lets Ami like drop like in the seated position. And Julia just like stands up and Ami's already like sitting down. So she's already has, she has the height advantage there. And then she locks into Bianca. They sell it for a little bit. And then Ami sort of taps out at 12 minutes. Really great match. Really great psychology. Super creative and cool finish. For me, four stars. Excellent job. Blue Stars block action. We see a rematch for one of my favorite matches of the year. As Mirai coming in with 12 points. Going up against Sai Kamatani, the Wonder Star champion. 12 points as well. When these two had their match a few months ago on pay-per-view. I had this one at five stars. Probably my second or third favorite star match of the year. I would really have to sit down and kind of write it out. Um, but I was a huge, huge fan of this match. So I figured this one, and they both were coming at 12 points. So this is must win, you know, for the two. Not only do you get the uh, the point advantage, but then you get the tiebreaker advantage as well. So back and forth, some wrestling to start. Sai Kamatani speed cuts off Mariah's stre- uh, strength. Um, and then uh, the current Cinderella champion uses some tackles and clotheslines to start wearing down and slowing down Sai's high speed and high uh, paced offense. Uh, some really good forearm exchanges between the two. Sai escapes the Mirai shock and lands two spin kicks that sends Mirai to the floor. That sets up for the picture-perfect springboard plancha, which Joey Styles would say, to the outside. Um, Sai then puts Mirai into the ring, hits the star crusher. Kind of early on, she wasn't really wearing Mirai down, so when she hit it, I was like, oh. Uh, she goes to the top rope for the 450, but Mirai knows, no, 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 cannot have that happen, Mirai pulls Saya Kamatani off the ropes and the back of Saya's head hits the uh, top of the rope, but that one was actually pretty safe considering the fact that Saya Kamatani just seems content on not only being wrestler of the year, but uh, <laughs> getting close to injuring her neck. Anywho, uh, <laughs> I thought Mariah did a good job protecting her on what sometimes could be a uh, not good looking bump. Saya comes back with a hurricanrana and a huge pump kick for two. She goes for the Star Crusher again. Mariah escapes. She hits a lariat to the back of Saya's neck. She hits one of the front and then two thunderous ones coming off the rope for just the count of two. Mariah quickly, quickly tries to uh, capitalize on all the damage that's done to Saya's neck. As soon as she hits the mirror, Mariah shock. The time limit expires. Really good match. Uh, I have this at four stars. Uh, nowhere near as good, in my opinion as their championship match, but anytime uh, you get a four-star ranking from me and you have the crowd in the palm of your hand, especially towards the end, and your name is Saya Kamatani and or Mirai, you more than likely did a good job. So excellent job, ladies. Four stars. And again, this is, they're now at 13. I thought, okay, this is going to kind of break the tie break in two different ways. And they're both at 13, and the two of them finish at the top of the block. What happens? Because you had a time in Madras, so... Something to take into consideration as we're coming up on the end of this tournament. It's getting close. It's getting dicey, folks. Okay, we move on to the Red Stars block. As we see Risa Sarah coming with 11 points, taking on everybody's favorite, one Miss Tam Nakano. Tam coming in at 10 points. And they had a little bit, were able to have backstage interviews, which I thought was good. Risa Sarah is very, uh, the two of them were very, almost like violent in their promos like tam talking about like how she was gonna like she was excited for all the back scars on risa sarah and just uh, just very intense intense promo anywho uh 
Tam connects with a knee early on that sends Risa Sarah, the, uh, the pump knee to the jaw, that sends Risa Sarah flying to the outside as Tam tries to kick Risa. Um, uh, she tries she tries the penalty kick on to Risa Sarah. Risa grabs Tam's leg. Tam takes a bump on the apron, and she gets caught in the giant swing. Folks, this is like two minutes into the match. The giant swing and launches poor Tam Nakano into the front row. Risa then throws a tag belt at Tam. She holds it up right to the camera, takes the tag belt, and throws it at Tam. So, And even at the end of this match, and we'll, we'll get to, they do a good job foreshadowing that Risa Sarah wants to come for the, the tag belt. The, you know, so maybe Risa Suzu versus Tam and Nazi Boy. That's a match that I didn't think that I wanted until I saw Risa hold up the Goddess of Stardom Championship. I don't think they would have done that spot if it's not building towards something. The booking in Stardom is just too good to kind of just throw that one away. Um, so uh, Risa Sarah then uh, sends Tam through five rows of chairs and then she drags her back in the ring. Risa really starts to dominate Tam here. I mean, she really just seems like. Tam got the early jump on her, and then once she got hit with the giant swing, it was almost like all downhill from here. Uh, she hits a power bomb into the buckle, and then the double knees coming out of the buckle, and then locks in the Boston Crab. So really putting a beating on poor Tam here. Tam does a great job selling and uh, fighting from beneath, fighting, you know, trying to come back from behind to rally. It's a really good job there. Uh, Risa tries for the air raid crash on the apron, but Tam counters with the cutter onto the floor. This is a matchup just to see, and they said in the prone, just who's crazier? Like, Risa Sarah's this deathmatch person. Like, Tam's taking her Karanas and, you know, onto the floor, onto nobody, and dives off, like, the, the entrance way. Like, just insane. Uh, so, you know, this match is going to be insane. Tam looks, like, pissed at this point after she, uh, she or, excuse me, she hits that big dive after the cutter on the floor. Tam fires up. She just looks pissed off and annoyed at this point. And she starts lighting Risa Sarah up with kicks and spin kicks and some brutal forearms. Uh, Tam hits a second rope German suplex, and then she goes for, like, a double underhook something. And it looked like it turned into a pile driver. I don't think that's how it was supposed to go plan. But the way that she landed, she landed okay. And you can see uh, Daichi, the ref, checked on Arisa Sarah. Thank God she was okay because that looked ugly. Uh, Arisa comes back with some forearms. She hits the sit-out DVD for two. And she follows up with the air raid crash, which usually leads to her double knees, which we've seen her win a few matches with in this tournament. Uh, she misses, though. Tam follows up with a Tiger suplex. Arisa gets out and she eats this big, stiff forearm. That the crowd really came up for. Ooh. So I'm a big, big fan of that. It takes me back to the uh, Nippon Budokan days of Mitsuhara Masawa. When you would throw those brutal forms, the whole crowd would just gasp. We got a lot of that in the main event, which we'll get to. Um, Risa goes back to the air raid crash. But Tam winds up uh, capturing Risa's arm. And then throws her legs over so she can get the pin advantage. And the cradle for the three count. 12 minutes. 38 seconds, four stars for me. This was a really, really great match. And just as, like, you're going to see bombs getting thrown, Tam was like, no, I'm just going to just roll you up because I know how to do that. And I just need three seconds to win. So excellent job. And that takes Tam to 12 points. And it's getting closer for her to get to the leaderboard. So a lot of people have her winning the Red Stars block. So, again, we shall see. We float over to the co-main event of the evening, my favorite match of these two nights, Momo Watanabe coming in with six points. Suzu Suzuki coming in with four points. Blue Stars block action. Uh, action quickly, quickly between these two spills outside. You knew this was going to happen. Momo, you know, more a little more uh, more of a brawler uh, that she joined Oedo Tai back at the end of the year. Obviously, Risa Sarah 
has that uh, deathmatch experience, so we know that she's very comfortable brawling on the outside, so we knew this one would spit out to the outside pretty quickly, and it does almost right from the jump. Um, Momo starts peppering Suzu with some kicks, and then throws her back in the ring, and she keeps the onslaught of kicks coming back and forth. Suzu counters Momo strikes and hits the, uh, she gets her into the turnbuckle, hits that sliding German that I put over, so, you know, that I thoroughly enjoyed before, uh, I've talked about it before, and then she follows up with the Josie dropkick, shout out Shane Hagedorn one time. Uh, the two start rocking each other with some stiff and solid strikes and some forms that again, the crowd, they were just, anytime Momo would kick Suzu, Suzu would throw those brutal forms. Like she threw like two or three forearms like right in a row that Momo kind of just shrugged off and then Momo hit a big form. And like Momo's forearms, they don't get enough credit. I think it's because she's such a really good kicker. It's like getting hit with a tree. And then like the forms are just getting hit with a brick. Would you rather get hit with a brick or like a big tree? I think I'd rather get hit with the brick, but it's like still sucks. <laughs> but Momo throws like one form that just floored his poor Suzu. And the crowd was really up for that. And the, the strike exchange between these two was just great. Um, Momo hits the top rub, uh, Yurnagi, and then she does the three Meteors, one to the back, one to the front, one to the top rub, just for two. As soon as Suzu kicks out, Momo keeps the pressure on with the cross-face chicken wing, and she winds up throwing Suzu on top of the top rope, draping, and hits this beautiful, huge, and disgusting <laughs> head kick that, again, the crowd was, like, audibly gasping for. Um, Suzu spills out to the apron where Momo hits the B-driver onto the apron. This match is, like, classic Momo. As much as, like, the Oedo Tai stuff's been, like, some of it's been, most of it's been pretty good. Some of it I'm like, eh. But this match was, like, it felt, this match felt like Queen's Quest Momo with just a little bit of a heel twist, if that makes any sense. Uh, back to the outside this match goes. Uh, Momo distracts the referee, which allows that dashly Starlight Kid to hit Suzu Suzuki with a chair. Uh, eventually, Suzu turns the tables as she hits this brutal chair shot onto Momo's back, and then she throws a chair shot at the head of Starlight Kid. Starlight Kid wisely gets her hands up. Not a fan of head chair shots. Um, but that one to Momo's back was just... It was safe, but yeah, brutal. Uh, so you're good. I thought it was a really cool spot. Like You got the deathmatch worker here. You think you get one up on her. Absolutely not. As she takes out both the former champs with the Oedo Tai chair. Uh, Suzu gets Momo... Uh, Throws her back in the ring and starts dominating Momo. She's, she's starting to get pissed off. She has her in the mount position. Starts raining down forearms on the former white belt champion. The two of them trade suplexes back and forth. Suzu, um, eventually, excuse me, eventually Suzu feeds into the bastard driver, which she kicks out of two. A crowd, again, really, really into this, especially for the strikes. Momo hits a brutal punk kick and then the tequila sunrise for two. She goes for the Peach Sunrise, but she escapes with a super kick, a stiff, stiff headbutt. Starlight Kid gets on the apron to try to distract the ref so Momo can use the wrench, but it fires back. And Momo throws this wrench out and makes such a sound that, again, the crowd, like five or six times this crowd, the, uh, this match, the crowd audibly gasps. Um, and then she hits the tequila shot, only gets two, but just like she did the night before, she doesn't uh, let it deter her. As she quickly goes to the locomotion German suplexes, hitting one, but not one, but two, for the win. 13 minutes, 27 seconds, four and a half stars. Absolutely love this match. This match may rank in my top 10 as far as uh, favorite matches of this tournament. This match is right up my alley. Hard hitting wrestling, uh, fighting spirit, 
crowd getting into like the crowd react was reacting on the strikes. That was their biggest reaction. And then the match ended with three big bumps back to back to back, getting Suzu Suzuki not only two more points in the tournament that takes her up to six points, but gets her a main event win. Gets her a main event win, and she gets to close the show, and um, which was really, really cool. Really cool. So you had uh, two really excellent matches, and then maybe a tease for Suzu and uh, Risa Sarah against Tam and Natsupoy for the uh, Goddess of Stardom Championships. So that'll wrap it up for this episode, folks. As again, the uh, there's one more show that has to be uploaded to Stardom World. It looks like they're doing them. Monday, excuse me, it was Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I'm assuming the next day. I'm recording this on a Wednesday so I can get this to my main man, Sean. Uh, Sean's crushing fantasy football already. Congratulations, brother. Um, so I believe probably the next show will be available Thursday. So I will be reviewing the probably be three shows because we have Stardom and Showcase of Volume 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, and then we have two nights of a five-star Grand Prix action uh, as well. So that that's going to be... Uh, Something really interesting. So we might have another loaded hour and a half show. So, and also, I just kind of just looked at the card for, I believe this is the Saturday show. We have, yeah, this is, um, I'm just going to run through this real quick and give quick predictions. So we have uh, Hana versus Mina Shirakawa. I'm going to say Mina wins that one. Starlight Kid versus Saida. I'm going to say Starlight Kid. We have Momo Kogo versus, uh, versus Micah. That was going to be Micah. Yunagi versus Himika. I think Himika is going to get a loss here. I think Yunagi, her, she's starting to really pick up the pace in her matches, and she needs some points. And I think that uh, Himika has just a little bit too many points here. I think she needs to be cooled off. I'm going to say Yunagi for the upset. Risa, excuse me, uh, Ami Sori versus Suzu Suzuki. Boy, howdy. Uh, Risa Sarah, or excuse me, Suzu Suzuki wins that one. Match that I'm probably looking forward most in this tournament. We've seen this match a dozen times. It never disappoints. Mayu Iwatani versus Momo Watanabe. Um, Jeez. I'm going to say Momo because I think that uh, it's getting a little top-heavy on the Blue Stars block. Tam Nakano versus Utami. Ooh. I, I, see, I have Utami. I have Utami winning the block, but a lot of people have Tam. I'm going to say Utami wins that one. And this way, if it gets to a tiebreak after the finals, Utami goes through. Oh, that's another tough one. And then, no, how about this one? Sayaka Matani versus Julia. I think they're, I think, I think they're both tied at 13 points. Yeah, I think it's a three-way tie for second place. It's Julia, Saya, and Mariah at 13 points. Now, again, I did not watch the show that happened on Monday, so I don't know what happened there. And uh, Hazuki's at 14. So, oh, jeez. Julia. Yeah, I think Julia's going to just clear everything out. I mean, it's it's her tournament to win. And then what I guess is the main event. God bless these three ladies. High-speed championship match. Fukin Death, Zumi, Hazuki. Wow. How come that's not the pay-per-view? And the Stardom Showcase looks like a fun, fun show. Um, but I I would pay way more money to see that show than Stardom Showcase. We do have Suzu Suzuki versus Starlight Kid that I'm looking forward to. And uh, I believe it's Sayaida and Hana. I think that's a match. I think I think Hana's going to get her first two points. And then we have uh, the three Grim Reapers taking on, uh, who was it? Sai Kamatani, Yutami, Lady C. I wonder who the other Grim Reapers will be. We shall see. We shall see. But that is going to, well, before I wrap it up, uh, shout out to our sponsor, 
to uh, puro.tv.com. Use the keyword Vista10. Save 10% off all your orders. Uh, I ordered, you know, I said this last week, I ordered the Arisa Hoshinki double DVD set. Artwork is absolutely fantastic. And the DVD menus are fantastic as well. Again, that's puro.tv.com. Vista, V-I-S-T-A-10, gets 10% off your order. And for all of our Patreon listeners, the Io Shirai uh, Wonder, excuse me, World of Stardom, Championship Reign, the V10, her first one, that just dropped. Getting some fantastic reviews on that. Again, the Julia Wonder of Stardom uh, Reign, that'll be in your feeds at the end of this month. I think I have one or two matches to watch. I think I'm probably recorded this weekend, so this way you have it for the end of the month. Um, this past week, we just watched for the Red Stars, or yeah, the Red Stars, the Red Tier Belt members. We did our watch along to last year's five star Grand Prix match with Mayu Iwatani versus Julia. And um, this one, this week coming up, we're going to watch, uh, I guess we're on the Jungle Kiona train. We're going to go back to 2000. I'm not sure where I have it. 2017's five star as Io Shirai takes on Jungle Kiona. Never seen that match before, so that would I'll be recording that this week. That'll be in the feed for the Red Steer block. Uh, Red Steer, Red Tier. I better wrap this up. Red Tier block Patreon members coming up this Monday. Oh, uh, I didn't do my top five matches. So top five matches again, off the top of my head. Number five, I'm gonna say just because I rewatched it, Hazuki and Starlight Kid. Four, Julia Starlight Kid. Three, Hazuki Julia. Two, Shiri versus Yutami. One, Mayu Iwatani and Julia. Those are my top five matches. Again, when this whole entire tournament wraps up, we will be doing a special episode where I will be recapping everything. I'm going to go back and watch a good majority of the matches as much as I can. I do have some vacation coming up, but I am going to New York for New York Comic Con. Yeehaw. Uh, if you're going to New York Comic Con, let me know. Drop me a line. We'll, uh, we shall meet up. Um, but I'm going to be going through a good majority of like what I have the top rated matches, and then I'll probably do a list of my top 10 matches. But that's another story for another day as I am going to put a pin in this. Again, I thank everybody so, so much for the support. Uh, if you have not done so, please go over to iTunes. Leave me a five-star review. Uh, leave a comment if you would like. Uh, this way it does really, really help the al- algorithm out as we are trying to get this podcast, not only this podcast, but just stardom in general, out to as many people as possible. I mean, people just need to be watching this tournament. Not only this tournament, but stardom in general. But this tournament is just absolutely fantastic. There's so many great matches in this tournament. There's so much great psychology and storytelling in these matches that everybody, whether you're a fan or somebody in the business, somebody that wants to be in the business, you need to be watching stardom. You really, really do. Uh, you don't have... You don't want to subscribe to the to the service, you know, seven bucks, and it does. There's no app. I get it. You know, we want everything so quick and so easy. Just watch. We are stardom. I mean, that YouTube channel is just fantastic. You get a lot of stuff there. So uh, let's just try to spread not only this podcast but the fantastic wrestling that is stardom out to as many people as possible. Because remember, folks, this isn't just my podcast. It's your podcast because we're all in this together. And everybody's different. Everybody's special. Have a great day and a great night. Bye-bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.